Merry Christmas. How's everybody doing? Huh? Awesome. Awesome. I just need to know as we get started, what y'all think about my sweater? Feedback? By amount of cheer, that hurts my feelings. I thought we would get a big cheer because we decided to do the tacky sweater thing. And let me just explain tacky sweater because this isn't really part of the message, but y'all need this. So to buy a tacky sweater, I went to my mama's house yesterday and went in her closet. And I'm so glad that you're here. So, so if y'all wear these on purpose, it's cool. Like, yeah, see, there you go. There you go. So, so on purpose, people wear this. I need y'all to see the back, too. See how it, it kind of goes high. It's good, right? All right. So today, uh, we are continuing our sermon series called Where's the Peace? And if you're like me, man, Christmas is tough. Christmas is difficult. And the one thing that all of us probably need to do, but want to not do the most, is change. The mirror is the last thing that we want to do, right, as far as change goes. We want to point out everybody else's change, but the last thing that we want to do is change. And the reason is because change is difficult. It's altering. It's changing. It's moving. It, it, that hurts. That's, that's hard, and it's painful. And so just will y'all play along with me one second? Okay, one person. Will y'all play? Will, can, I need y'all to talk because let me just tell y'all, if y'all aren't a four-pointer, by the way, so pumped up so many people are here. It's awesome. Four-pointers, are we excited that everybody's here today? Huh? Awesome. So we're, we are so grateful that you decided to celebrate Christmas with us. But listen, if you don't talk to me while I preach, I feel like my fly is undone. I'm going to check like 50 times. I'm going to be looking down and feel awkward. So I need you to talk to me because I'm a little bit Pentecostal, okay? So I'm going to say something and I need a response. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, good. Very good. I want y'all on the count of three to name the one thing about yourself that you would change, okay? On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, yeah, we got to do better now. <laughs> It's like three-quarters of the people didn't say anything, so let's try again. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, so this is what I know about you. Okay, so that's good. That's good. Everybody most likely would change something. The first change that we're going to make today, though, is I'm going to get out of this because it's bad, but it's awesome. I mean, God, help you. But, like, it's, it's awesome, but it's good. It's good. But I'm going I'm to stick with a white shirt that blouses. All right, anyway. Um, seriously, on behalf of the staff and everybody, I want to tell y'all how pumped up that we are, or pumped up we are that you're here. But listen, this Christmas season, I hope that you leave today not the same. And I believe that none of you can leave the same if you lean in. And I need you to lean in. I need you to preach with me because I believe God wants to do a change in every single one of you, from the oldest to the youngest, from the wisest to the person that you've never heard anything about this for as far as the Bible goes. I believe God wants to do something in every single one of your lives when it comes to the Christmas story and change. But I want to look at a couple changes before we do that, all right? A couple changes. Good change versus bad change. Good change versus bad change. This is for all the teenagers in this room. All the teenagers, all the young people. You're not going to know what this is, but let me just tell you, this sound that you're about to hear is a really, really, really good change, all right? I need you, just by show of hands, y'all don't have to talk. When you hear this... Did you throw your hand up and tell me if you know what this is? Just throw your hand up. I know what this is. Oh, AOL. Who's listening to the AOL right now? Right? Oh. Listen, hey, if, if you're a Gen Xer or a millennial, you hate that freaking sound. You know what I mean? Like, because let me tell you why that sounds so bad. Ooh! Mom, I need to uh, do some research on the internets, so I'm going to get on right now. And you hear, right? And we're getting on. It's good. It's awesome. What can you not do when you're on the internet? 
talk on the phone because it's called teenagers. This is dial-up internet, right? Dial-up. It's crazy. It's this, like, mythological thing. And, like, like, so we'd be working on the internet, and then one of my sisters, but I'm not going to say her name, Melanie, well, she would have boyfriends all the time. She'd have boyfriends all the time, and so she'd need to talk to her boyfriend because we had cell phones, but if we used them, we got killed because it was like $100 a minute, and they were the big flip phones, like a clack, you know what I mean? Like, or, or a bag phone. We had those, too, represent. So, like, like but, but this is, you'd be working, click, 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 and you're doing your turn paper. This is awesome, and then y'all remember the spinning thing? Oh, my gosh, it took an hour to get to the next page, but you're working. It's good, and then they pick up the phone. No! Yeah! So let me just tell y'all, Wi-Fi is a good change. Praise the Lord. Y'all are with me. All right, here we go. Bad change. Bad change. If y'all don't know what this says, I will explain it. The freshman 15, right? If you are young or whatever, you may not know what the, if you're really skinny, you may not know what the freshman 15 is. This is what the freshman 15 is. When you get to college, or I'm going to say when you get married and you're a dude, the first year, freshman year, you're going to put on 15 or 50 is what I did. You know what I'm talking about? Some of the husbands need to say amen because I've been working really hard to get rid of the 50 and I'm not there yet. But it's the freshman 50 for me, my first year of marriage and ooh, maybe 15 my first year of college. And so if you do the math, yikes, right? We, we got a little bit bigger. But that's not a good change. That's unhealthy. It's kind of normal. We're all healthy in here. It's good. Amen. All right, so next thing, next thing. Big versus small changes. Big versus small changes. I'll start with small. This is a small change. It's not really a big deal, right? Not really a big deal. Small change. I changed the brand of ketchup that I use, right? Is that a, is that a small change? No. See, I, listen, I was shocked by the last service. They lost their minds. But I agree with y'all, it's got to be Heinz or it's not really ketchup, right? Do y'all agree? Laura Lynn doesn't cut it for ketchup. Laura Lynn cuts it for some things, but not ketchup. Somebody needs to say amen, and we can pray and leave, because that's good right there. But, like, some things are not really big changes, right? The type of pasta you use, maybe y'all are pasta freaks and y'all want the certain type, but I think Laura Lynn tastes the same once it's boiled and you put a little salt in it. I think that's what you do, right? So, like, I think it tastes the same. I don't care what kind of pasta you use. As long as you put sauce on it, it tastes good, a little cheese, and come on. So, like, I don't care. That's small. Here's a big change. Moving out of your parents' house, if they pay for everything, is hard. That's a big change, isn't it? Like, it's humongous. It's not good. When they pay the bills, that's a good change. When they stop paying the bills, it's a... That's bad. It's big. It's not good. And listen, no one talks to you about this stuff. It looks so cool to have your own place. And then the mail comes, and you're like... Ma, I got some mail for you. I'm going to bring it to the house with my laundry so you can take care of everything. Just so we can be on the same page, I'm going to plan on doing this until you go be with Jesus. So we just need to know these things, right? It's hard. Moving. It's a big change, isn't it? You got to box all that junk up. It's tough. It's difficult. And then here's the last thing. The last thing that I want to go over. It's hard and easy. And I'm going to use the same thing for hard and easy. Some of y'all are going to know what I'm talking about. If you're young in here and you haven't experienced childbirth yet, God help you if you're a dude. Because it's like, ooh, it's this, but it's, ooh, like it's crazy. You're in the room and it's like stuff's happening and you don't know what part's supposed to go where because things are getting crazy. 
And like everybody, all the women are outside crying. You're like, do you want to come in here because this is freaking me out? Because I don't know what these parts are. and I don't know what's supposed to be happening right now. And they're all crying and you're going, nah, this is crazy. It's so beautiful. No, it's really not. <laughs> Just being honest. It's not at all. Anyone that tells me that, I tell them 15 seconds later, it is beautiful. When the little lamb cries, it's beautiful. It's not pretty when it happens. It's golly, right? But listen. While the labor is taking place, I need y'all to listen. While the labor is taking place, for me, labor, I'm not being a jerk. This is just a fact. It was easy. I mean, men are like, I, had, I gained sympathy weight. No, you didn't. You ate too many tacos and cheeseburgers. You didn't gain sympathy weight, right? There was nothing hard for me about my wife being pregnant. It was difficult when we had the kid and when there was a human in my house that wasn't me and my wife. Now, that's difficult. Okay, just facts. And then when there's a second one and he hangs on stuff, shoo wee, you know what I'm saying? But the actual labor part, it was an easy change for me. I'm just standing beside her. I'm helping her breathe. I'm doing stuff. I'm trying to be the best coach that I can be. But at the end of the day, it was her doing the work. But now this is big change, and I need y'all to catch this. This is the big, hard, difficult change. For ladies, mama's in here. Y'all have labored. And the word labor doesn't start with meaning pregnancy pains. It starts with meaning work pains, doesn't it? It starts with meaning actually going through work and doing stuff. But always when it's big changes or changes that are happening inside of you, chemical changes, right? All of us have been there. When it's changes in job and I lose my job, when, when, when I've cheated on my husband, listen carefully, or cheated on my wife, and I look at myself and I say, there's no way God can do anything inside of me. I'm done. When I'm the one that's been cheated on. When these major things have happened in our lives and these changes have taken, it's hard to do anything with it because it hurts. Because, listen, change is always painful. Always painful. Even if it's simple, it's painful. But pain is what makes the purpose possible. If you remember something, remember that. Pain, if you're taking notes, take that down. Pain is what makes the purpose possible. You're going to hear that 15 times today. Pain is what makes the purpose possible. Listen, before I even get into the story of Joseph and Mary, God is beginning to do a work inside of some of you right here and right now. No matter what you think or where you've been, God is beginning to do a work inside of you. And all this stuff that you look at and say, Pastor Martin, man, if you knew where I've been, if you knew the stuff that I've done, there's no way you would tell me that I can change. And I'm here to tell you, here's the awesome news. There's no one that can't change. The God that we serve is bigger and better than we can ask or imagine. And change is possible for every single person in this room. And we're going to look at the Christmas story today in a totally different way. Because we're going to look at Joseph and Mary. Joseph first, and then Mary. And see how I believe God wants all of us to change. Will you pray with me? God, in the next couple minutes, I just believe in my heart that a major Life change is going to take place like it did in the first service. I pray that you will move in this house right now. And that it's not a man's words or an incredible band, but it's your spirit that changes this house. I love you, Jesus. Amen. So let me give you a little bit about Mary and Joseph before we start in Matthew chapter 1. A lot of you are going to be familiar with this. But just stay with me, okay? Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married. Most of you know that. Some of you don't. It's cool either way. Here's what you may not know about engagement that freaks me out. Okay, y'all with me? Freaks me out. If you got engaged in the Jewish custom, you had to live. I'm 20, Mary's 14. All right, I'm Joseph. 
I had to live in Mary's house. Already y'all should be freaking out because I'm engaged. So that means biblically speaking, I can't, whatever. And like, you know what I mean, if you don't, your mom can explain to you later. But like, you, you can't do the wild thing. And so like, you're, you're frustrated because if you live in the same house and you're a dude with a woman, you want to do that. I'm just, let's, we're just putting the cards on the table. We're just being honest. You're living in her house. Listen to how long. For a year with her parents. What? Now, if y'all aren't a little bit disturbed by that at this point, I'm not going to be able to help you. Because if you're a dude and you know that you've got to live with your 14-year-old fiancé and your daddy-in-law and ma-in-law are sleeping in between y'all on the floor in the one room that is your house, that messes me up. I'm not good with it. Now, whew. And if you're the daddy, let's just call it everything on the table. If Laney, if this happens and the dude lives in the house, I'm going to have the gun in my hand looking for him because I'm just not comfortable with it. All right? Because it's weird. Y'all know what I mean? Like, because this is what you're thinking the whole time. Mm-hmm. 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 And if, he, and if I see him touch my daughter, I'm telling you, I said this last week and I mean it. We're just going to lock her up. 35 years old, she can come out. She's good, but it's just not good. You know what I mean? It's, it's uncomfortable. So the whole thing is weird. It was their custom, but it was weird. And then on top of that, they had customs that if you got divorced, or excuse me, if you were engaged, you had to get divorced. It wasn't just like a breakup. And so this was a big deal leading up to the story of Jesus. It wasn't just two people like each other. It was, you know, just happenstance. This was a huge deal. And this is what Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1 Says, there's four things that I hope you guys will remember. Four things that I hope you guys will remember today as we leave. And the first one is accept. I believe the first change that we have to make is we have to accept. Watch what it says. Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. right like this is where you go nah this ain't good I'm not cool with it here's why and her husband Joseph being a just man unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly so this was his choices his choices I can kill her which was the law he had to kill her with big rocks to her head stone he did not have a real good choice other than that and being a good man, he said, you know what, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. I'll leave town. I won't even live in my hometown anymore. But he was supposed to kill her. That's weird. It's already weird that I'm living with her mom and dad. Now i got to kill her because she slept with somebody else, right? And can you imagine being Joseph at this point? Y'all just stay with me. Because I want y'all to take the four points down, but stay with me. Can you imagine being Joseph and like you're playing card or something like dice with your boys and you're just hanging out? And this is what happens. Hey, Joseph, man, let's, 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 listen. Is Mary eating a little bit too much lately? You know, like, I've noticed she's got a little belly. Is she pregnant? She is, man. She is. Just imagine. Who's the daddy? Because Joseph's already told him we haven't slept together. Who's the daddy? And then they go on Maury Povich, right? Because they got to find out you are not the father. And you are the father, right? Y'all have seen it. And all this stuff's happening. 
All the gossip that we do, I know they don't have internet, and I know they didn't have all the social media, but they had like Camel Express that they could put stuff on, and I'm sure they talked to each other. But you know in a small town they talked to each other. I can't imagine the scrutiny. But in order for something to happen, we have to accept the news. Listen, some of y'all have been through awful stuff, and right now you've been hit in the mouth, and you don't understand why is this happening, God? And to choose to accept something like this is awful. You don't want to. But it's what we have to do if we want to see God do a move in our lives. It's what we have to do. Because he had resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And at this point, you're just like, sweet. That's normal. Right? I will accept this. This is awesome. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And I just want you right now to put yourself in Joseph's shoes. You've had a dream. An angel of the Lord comes to you in the dream. And says to you, check this out, the girl that's been laying on the other side of her parents for months, that you're engaged to be married to in a few months, she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Easy enough. Not tough news. I got you. We're good. No, that's awful. No one. Listen, I've, I've heard people say before, I wish I could have been Joseph and Mary and been that close to Jesus. I don't. Are you serious? I think it's amazing to be that close to Jesus. But that's hard, isn't it? That's painful to be a young man with your whole life in front of you. And you get embarrassed because of something you didn't even do. Is that some of y'all this morning? Or excuse me, this afternoon, is that some of y'all? Is that some of y'all sitting where you're sitting? You've not done anything wrong. And you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. And this is your decision. Will I get mad and bitter and turn and run? Or will I accept this. I may not like this, but will I accept whatever change God is bringing my way to see his purpose become possible? I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's doing in your life. I don't know individual stories, but this is what I know. Back in 06, uh, Lee and I got pregnant. It was fantastic. Actually, just for the record, Leah got pregnant, so everybody understands the whole thing. I helped in the process. It was fantastic, but Leah, Leah got pregnant, and we were all excited. We told all the teachers I worked with. We told everybody. We were super pumped up, and we lost our minds. And sometime between, I think it was 10 weeks later, um, Leah woke up really early, about to leave for school, and she said, Mark, I've got some bleeding, and it's not a little bit. Went to the doctor, and she lost the baby early, 10 weeks. But it's cool. It's cool for, for girls that's, or for ladies. That's a lot harder change, isn't it, than guys. But being the man and all tough, I didn't want to cry, you know, and so we were good. And we waited several months, got pregnant again. And in March of 2007, we had our second miscarriage after 12 weeks this time. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. The second time, I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept it. Matter of fact, I didn't want to have kids. If I'm being honest with y'all, I hadn't told many people that, but Leah knows this. I had a conversation with her, can we just not do this? And my kids are some of the greatest things that have ever happened to me. And I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't have my kids that are amazing, that I love more than just about anything in this world, had those two things not happened. But at the time, 
It was hard to accept. Hard to look at and say, okay, I don't like it, but your purpose is going to be made possible somehow through this, and God, let's do it. Some of y'all have been through things, and I've been through things much harder than that. But in childbirth, sometimes you got to accept. And in this case, Joseph wasn't having a kid, but he got dumped on with some news that wasn't good, and he had to decide if he accepted it. And then, after he accepted it, this was the deal. And here's the thing. I want y'all to get this. A lot of people accept the gospel. They hear about Jesus and they're like, yes, I love Jesus. That's awesome. I accept this word. And then they never do the second part that Joseph did. This is the part that I think makes Joseph such an amazing man. He was no different than any of us, but this is the part that I think makes him amazing. It's not enough to be a hearer of the word. What does the Bible say I have to be? A doer. I got to go. I've got to do, I've got to obey what God has called me to do. And in this case, it's not enough to accept bad news, accept hard things, accept. We've got to obey what God has called us to do. And look, this is what happened as the verses continue. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He obeyed. See, see, if God tells me to do something, listen to me right now. For every person in this room, if you've never, ever heard the gospel before, or if this is your thousand and fiftieth time you've been in a church, you've all been commanded to do something. You know why? Because God created you to be different and to be amazing because he made you in his image. And inside of every one of you is something that can change the world. But do you know why we don't change the world? It's not because God is not powerful. It's because we would rather be on our throne than put God on his throne. We would rather be in charge of our lives than obey and do as the angel of the Lord commanded. And for you, for you, you're like, I haven't had a dream. I haven't had this take place. What are you talking about, Pastor Mark? Everybody has been called, if you're a Christian in this room, if you say, I have followed Jesus, everyone has been called to live a life that shows Jesus to the world. Everyone. This is not a, this is not a good opinion. This is everyone. And most of us accept, and maybe even with our mouths or with our fingers on social media, acknowledge Jesus and put a Bible verse on, but our actions speak much louder than our words. And we never go as Jesus told us to go. We do our thing. We're in it to win it. We're in it for what we're in it for, right? And this is crazy because it's hard. Change is always painful, but listen, pain makes the purpose possible. He took his wife, but knew her not. They did not sleep together, but they went together until she had Jesus until she had given birth to her son and they called his name Jesus and so with Joseph two things that I want you to leave with He got some bad news. He got some news that none of us would want and he had to decide am I gonna reject this and walk away from it? Or am I gonna accept it? And then I decided am I gonna obey and let me tell you why we don't obey and it leads into the next one We don't obey because we have to see to believe don't we y'all heard that before y'all can talk right here It's good. Y'all heard seeing is believing. Let me tell you what seeing really is I hear people all the time, and in the dictionary, the opposite of faith is doubt. But I think biblically speaking, the opposite of faith is sight. Because Hebrews chapter 1 says that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. And I walk by faith and not by sight. And so the opposite of faith, in my opinion, when it comes to this, when it comes to obedience, and when it comes to the next one, the opposite of faith is sight. And for so many of us, I'm like, if I could just see God, if I could just see God do something, if I could just see God move. No, listen, you'll never see God because you've never obeyed. You've never put your trust in him and you've never had faith. You've never been willing to sit down and say, I'm not the king of this house. 
this temple, this body, you are. I no longer want to be in charge. I want you to be. And this is why it's never happened. And this change is hard, maybe the hardest, but it's a birth. You've not been willing to have a birth. And inside of you, God wants to birth something big inside of you. And I just want to speak freely for just a second. So everybody look this way because there's literally no one in the room that this does not affect. Some of you have been abused as children or recently. And I'm, I don't think that's an option or a possibility. I know for sure that that is the case. Some of you struggle with chemical depression so bad and your pills list is, is from here to the guitar. Some of you have things in your life that are so difficult and I'm telling you a healing t can take place, but it's not by me putting my hands on your head. It's by the Holy Spirit birthing something in you that is different and amazing. But this does not happen if you just say, I accept. And then you walk away and you never come back to church and you never do anything that is, that is a relationship with God and a fellowship with God. It's just, I've just raised my hand in the service one time, Pastor Mark. I thought I was good. You're not good. It's nothing to do with that. That is simply an expression of faith. But if your life is not faithful, that doesn't mean anything. And I think for so many people, we have a false sense that we've been through a change because God did a change in me. No, it's a birth. A birth is not simple. A birth is not silent. And it grows and it changes. And if there's nothing growing, there's never been a birth. There's just been a little seed and it fell off the hard soil, didn't it? And we raised our hand because we thought that was good news and we acknowledged that it was. We never had faith and we never obeyed. So just imagine being Mary right here. An angel of the Lord has swooped in. And she's the one that really would be tough to be. This 14-year-old girl, give or take, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. But this girl, an angel comes and says, you're going to have a baby. Here's what Luke chapter 1 says. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. There will be a birth. But in order to have birth, there must be life that takes place, that begins to transform. And inside of you, something happens. And that is how the birth process takes place. And this is what he said. The Holy Spirit, there will be a birth. This is my favorite part of the Christmas story right here. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give, him, give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and forever and forever. And his kingdom will be there to no end. Now listen, this is what he came in and said. If Some of y'all know John 3.16, and maybe some of you don't, but this is what it said. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not die but will live for eternity, will have everlasting life. And we hear that and we're like, that's awesome. But before that, this is what Jesus said to a man named Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. There has to be a birth that takes place in your life because you can't stay the same and just with your mouth say, you know what? Yes, you have to live and you have to walk and you have to be alive in Jesus Christ. And the way that happens is what happens next in the story. And this is by far my favorite part of the Christmas story right here because this is the picture of every single one of you that is alive in Jesus Christ right here. Number four, we have to believe. We have to believe. And this is the question, guys. This is the question that every single one of us must ask ourselves because this is the question that I think changes everything. Matter of fact, let me just say this. The question that Mary asks next 
is the question that I think if you never asked, maybe you, never, you don't understand who God is. Just being honest. I think if you don't ask the question that we're about to read that Mary asked, maybe you don't get how amazing the God is that we worship, that sent Jesus to do what we're reading about, but he was sinless and perfect to die for a rotten person. And listen, if you think you're rotten, I'm telling you, you're, you're in the same boat as me. There was a day that I was extremely rotten and I fight against carnality every single day. Why? Because I'm human. But God looked at me and said, you know what? I'm not going to hold that against you. Instead, I'm going to die for you. When I was hopeless and alone, I'm going to die for you. I love you enough to not look at that and say, you deserve hell. You know what? I do. But the God of the universe didn't, didn't hold that against me. And this is, this is my favorite verse on this in the Bible, 1 John 4, 10. This is love, not that I love God, but that he loved me and loved you and sent his son as an atoning or penalty payer sacrifice for my sins. This is what Mary said. I love this. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? How will this be? Look at me. Do you see me right here? Do you see me? Do you see this guy right here? How in the world? This is Mary. Can a 14-year-old girl house the son of the most high God? How can this be? Listen, here's the answer for you. And if you've never said this, I'm, I mean this in my heart. I'm not sure you can really be saved and never say this. God, how can this be? I know me way better than any of you ever will. How can you love me? How can you consider a relationship with this guy is a good idea. How can this be? How can this be? How can this be? If that doesn't stir you or bother you, you don't understand how holy and awesome and righteous our God is that we serve. Because every day I pray, how can this be? And my next prayer is, thank God it is. Thank God it is. Thank God that there was a birth inside of me and I'm alive in Christ Jesus, not by what I've done, because this is love, not that I love God or not I did great things for God or not where I've been for God, but that he loved me and sent his son to pay for my debt so that I could be alive in him. Jesus Christ did not just live for you and die for you. He did everything for you. He is everything for you. He did not just pay a penalty and raise again. He is alive today. He lived and lives for you. He cries out to God the Father for you. He is amazing. And when she said, how can this be? This is the answer for how this can be. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. The child to be born to you will be called Holy, the Son of God. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is it. There needs to be some births in this room right now. And this is how it takes place. It's not magic. It's not a wand that I wave. If I had a wand that I could wave and everybody would be saved, I would wave that wand, guys. I'm just telling you. I would do a marathon every day waving the wand. It has nothing to do, listen, nothing to do with me. I'm a messenger. That is it. It has everything to do with you. I cannot impregnate you with the gospel. I can give it to you, but you have to allow the Holy Spirit to impregnate you so a birth takes place and you are alive in Jesus Christ. But the only one that will ever know that is you. And the only way that will ever know that is after you accept, you obey, and you walk, and you begin to have new life in Jesus Christ. But if that is not 
what is taking place, then let me promise you, you're not alive in Jesus. If you don't consider, how can this be, God? Look at me. Look what I've done. But here's what's awesome. God looks at you and says, I just want to change to take place in your life. I don't want all the things that have described what your life is to be what it is anymore. I want to make you alive in Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me? There is nothing in the world magical about a prayer, guys. Nothing magical. But it is an expression of faith. And what I want you guys to do in a second is just pray after me. Just, just repeat after me this prayer. In your heart, say something like this. God, I believe you want to change my heart and change my life. So God, right now, into my life, I receive you. I ask that you forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross and raising again so that I can have life. I thank you for making the purpose possible by taking the pain. And God, today I accept what this is and all the difficulties that I've walked in here with and trust that you have a better plan for my life. God, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to me. I want everybody to look this way. In the first service, we had two people get saved. This is extremely difficult. I don't know that anyone will, and I believe 10 or 15 probably should, just being real. But change is difficult always, isn't it? Isn't change hard? Listen, if you mean this in your heart, and I don't think if you don't do it, you're not saved, but if you mean this in your heart, I'm going to count to three. And if you said that prayer as an expression of faith for the first time, I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet on the count of three. And I'm telling you right now, if you can't do it in here, that doesn't mean that you're not saved, but it's going to mean that you're really going to struggle. Because we will lose our minds celebrating with you if you just said that, as we did in the first service. Guys, I'm just telling you, I believe God's pulling on some of your hearts. And I'm going to count to three right now, and I just want you to stand to your feet and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I just trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Ready? Y'all ready? That's not good enough. Y'all ready? Ready? One, two, three. Stand to your feet. Who is it? Who in the room said yes? Who in the room said yes? Who in here will say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I said yes to Jesus. I want to be saved right now. I said yes to Jesus. I said yes to Jesus. Hey, listen, this is for everybody else. Everybody just told me in this room, I'm a Christian. All right? Everybody just said I'm a Christian. So here's the deal. Labor is what has taken place in your life. There's been a birth. There's been a new. A labor of love is what leads to a legacy that lasts. As you leave here today, if the Holy Spirit has not changed your heart and has not shown you something that needs to happen in your life, then you'll be the same. And I'm telling you guys, we are, this is not a good idea. We are world changers. God has called us to do so many great things in our lives. But until we step out and say, God, I'll follow you wherever you say to go. I'll do whatever you say to do. Guys, listen to me. Every one of us, every one of us have changes that we need to make in our lives. And my prayer for you as the pastor of this church is that we will step out and say, yes, wherever it is, whatever it is, I'll do it and I'll follow. Will y'all stand with me? God, you are amazing and we love you so much. And God, we're going to sing right now about your great love. But God, we celebrate the fact that today two people are alive in Jesus Christ as a result of your gospel and what has happened inside of them. And God, for anybody in this room right now, I pray that you will move in their hearts. 
if they don't know you. And if they've made an expression of faith, that God, they'll put it on their card and so we can contact them and talk to them about what faith in Jesus means. We love you, Jesus, and we want to just tell you how great we think God is. Amen.